you know, you said something about the hustle and having a hustle. And I know you've always had a hustle. You know, I know you have had your business, Coed Inc., for a long time doing your promotions, you know, throwing right. parties back in the town. So let me ask you, what got you into that? <laughs> That's funny. So how we talking about the, you know, the disadvantages. So crazy story. I'm fresh home from college. Me and my brother, we go out on the plaza. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and like us on YouTube and rate and follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And I remember the name of the, the little bar, the club, but we dressed up. My brother, Alpha, you know, so you know how he dressed. Yeah. And we can't get in. <laughs> and I'm like, hold on, though. What you mean we can't get in? Because we got on. So. What year was this? What about, about what year was so this? Is, so this is probably like 2000 and this is probably like 2005, 2006. That's crazy. Right? So uh, I think it might have been blind or make the scene or something on the plaza. It's not even there anymore. But so it was crazy coming from all black experience into being like, ain't having no problems. But now all of a sudden it was just some of some clear discrimination. Mm-hmm. And I would at the time I wasn't even a going out type guy. So yeah. I'm like, this is crazy, whatever. So just so happened that same, like that same summer. One of my frat brothers from LU had an opportunity to invest in a club. And mind you, I'm not a club guy at all. So I'm like, nah, I'm not interested. That ain't really me. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, damn it, I, I just couldn't get in one club. I got the opportunity. So long story short, they convinced me. I invest in this club, uh, Club 4400. This was like 07. So this is 07, Club 4400. It was right there on 39th and Main. Okay. Right there on 39th of May, on Cattle Corner to uh, where Orr is. Uh, now I can't remember what it was. Not the Grand Forum. Was that the name of something? Grand Emporium. That's what it was called back in the day. Anyway, so investing in that, just start learning the business, learning the business. Obviously, we young. We're like 27 years old with a whole club, not even knowing. We just, you know, still with that party mentality. So obviously that lasted, what, six months tops. But in the process, I threw a concert. I had a couple local guys come perform. I put it all together myself and uh, got all the door, all the bar. And I had made basically my initial investment back in that one night. So that just, you know, that just sparked. Then plus with my uncle, they already been in the entertainment business, had access to different talent and models and different things. So it was like, Oh man, okay. Well, yeah, he said it. Oh, <laughs> he, had, he had the women. Yeah, so it just it kind of really fell in my lap. And then uh I just went from there, you know, working the corporate job. It kind of it kind of cushioned the being in Kansas City. Like I'm here, I really don't want to be here. But I'm making money here, too, outside of my corporate job. And it gave me a sense of freedom. Like anytime you are uh, you own your own deal and you making money just from something that you created, there's no to me, there's no freedom bigger than that. And I never I never even to this day, I always been 50 50, you know, half here, half there. But to be 100 percent independent on your own hustle, I feel like that that's just as important as financial freedom to me. Did y'all did y'all run the club? 
all three of y'all made the decisions together, or how did y'all normally do that? Yeah, we were all young. One, one of the uh, one of the partners, he lived in St. Louis, so he would come up. But you know, if anybody know, you know, shout out to my boy JC the Great. If anybody know him, then you know it was a it, it was a frat house in there. So right. it was just kind of one of those deals. But it 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 opened my eyes to something bigger because I honestly didn't. I don't really want to have to be nowhere every day already. Yeah. So I figured I'll do these promotions. See, the game plan with the promotions was do the parties. Parties going to bigger parties, right? Then these parties going to concerts. These concerts grow into now you're renting out the um, uptown. You take the uptown, you go to the, and then you end up in the Sprint Center where you make two, three point million, and that's it. You do that till you're 65 years old because you're behind the scenes. Right. And you know, it was some restrictions on that with Kansas City. You know, you can't you can't get a venue in Kansas City. If you're really? black in Kansas City, yeah. you try to do some entertainment, you're really limited to 18th and Vine. I mean, you know, shout out to the Shelby's. They had basically 75% of the nightlife with their three venues. And as they got older and they start to close and close. So now you literally only have, if you want to go and hear some good music and be around your people, you can only go to 18th and Vine. 18th and Vine. It's funny because our tax dollars say we've been paying for power and light. Hmm. But that's you see what I'm saying? And so it was funny. I was one of the only black promoters to fall up in power and light. They've been they've been in operation probably like 12 years. There's not no urban promoters down there. Not I one. Don't, I don't doubt that. I remember when me and Jay went down there one year, it's about what was about five, 10 years ago or something like that. Yeah. And we got turned out, didn't we? Turned around. Yeah. So yeah, so to, we circle back, yeah. They so found a reason to, to say you can't get in. Like, hey, this, your shirt. They said my shirt was tucked out or some shit like that. <laughs> and I was like, I had like a polo, you know, yeah. jeans. And they're like, no, nah, because you got this. Oh, no. And then you do that, they come back, oh, no, nah, because of this. I'm like, bro, just say yeah. Just You see what I'm saying? So yeah. basically out of, just like everything else, when it comes to black people, we're resilient. So once you tell us no, we're going to create our own and create it better. I.e., Kansas City, the home of the Negro League Baseball Museum. Yeah. You know what I mean? And a lot of people don't know that when we merged, that killed a lot of black businesses. You know, and they had the best athletes that you can imagine. When nobody trying to go see them stiffs yeah. over there, they come to see uh, Satchel Paige. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Jackie they Robinson. Jackie Robinson. So it's kind of that same deal. Like our struggle has always still been the same. Um, and you know, where 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 there's no opportunity, we create our own, and that's how I fell in the promo business. And mm-hmm. it's lucrative. I still, you know, I'm in it. Not not as more, not as involved in it as I was. Because you know, that took me from just doing parties. Then I was one of the first people to get the actual liquor sponsor. You know, that's still the game that they still kind of slow on with now. I didn't got Jack Daniels to sponsor the event. I didn't got five thousand from the sponsorship before the doors even opened. So started doing nice. that. That introduced me, opened the doors in St. Louis. So I actually grew out of Kansas City. I had successful events in Omaha, Nebraska, Denver, St. Louis. So you know, it, it, it it's just it's it's an industry, you know. And obviously, you meet all the celebrities and all of that. That's the you know that's the plus side. But being behind the scenes, man, it's good money. 